I want to look at one of the most famous and loved of all verses. It's found in Philippians 4, verse 19. You might even know it by, by hand, uh, off by heart. And if you do, you can say it with me. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you love that verse? Isn't it one of the great all-time fantastic verses of Scripture? And you know, one reason it's one of the best known verses, most loved verses, is because everyone has need. There's no one in this church that does not have need, including me. And this promise is to meet those needs. But I've got a question for you. Who's ready for a question? Question is this. Is this promise for every Christian? <clears throat> is this promise for every church? Or is it only for certain ones? Mm. The background of this verse that leads to this wonderful promise is found in Philippians 4.15, so we better go there, check this out. Sorry for the trick question. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, this is Paul the missionary, no church, everyone say no church, no church. Shared, shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but... You only. Therefore, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. This promise of God supplying all our needs is only given to the Philippian church. So if we want this promise to apply to us, we got to do what the Philippian church and believers did. And what did they do? What was it about them that gave them this unbelievable promise that we all love to claim? Well, the, what they did was they were generous in giving to mission. They gave to Paul so he could expand the gospel across the globe. And through the apostles, they turned the world upside down. And God was so impacted by this generous Philippian church and believers who gave to mission. He said, okay, you're the only ones who do it. Now, because you have my God, He's going to supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. The promise is only to those who are generous in mission giving. That's the teaching of the Bible, friends. Black and white, very, very clear. So we need to look at this a bit deeper. It promises also to a church. Now, we're not a church full of really wealthy, wealthy people. We've got some, but we've got a lot of lower income, some employed, some middle income, some above that. But we're not a wealthy church in that sense. So therefore, it is staggering to me that this church would have two fully paid auditoriums, one and two, no debt, a television ministry that goes around the globe, and money in the bank. How do you do that? How is that been? I'm a bit excited here, but I'll try and calm down. Give me just a time. I'll, I'll tone down shortly. How, you know, we're worth, this place is worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. How has that been possible? Let me give you a suggestion, which I believe is a key. One of the reasons is the incredible mission heart of this church and the tremendous giving we have into local, national, and international <clears throat> mission. And when you join with the heart of God, when you give to the heart of God, He opens up the heavens and He says, to you, Church Unlimited, my God shall supply 
all your needs. I'll pay for the auditoriums you have. I'll pay for the television ministry. I'll pay for every expansion you undertake because you are committed to giving to the greatest cause on the planet, world mission, starting with our street, our city, our nation, and the nations. How cool is that? See, nothing's by chance. In 1984 in the United States, Sunday Sermon was on sacrificial giving. Special offerings taken at the end. Mike's sitting there. He's not got a lot of money. He's down to the last $50 to buy his family food, five kids and a wife. He's so challenged by the offering and a step of faith, he gives his $50. That's it. Gone. End of the service, he goes out to his car and rushes back in, calls for the pastor and said, Pastor, come and see what's happened. Pastor looks into the man's 19, I don't know, old vehicle. It was a station wagon, 20-year-old vehicle. And he sees that the interior of this vehicle is completely packed out with bags of groceries, almost pushing it to the windows. And the pastor says, someone has decided to bless you. And he said, pastor, you don't understand. He said, I, before I came in the car, I wound up all the windows. I locked all the doors. No one has a key. I have no relatives in this area. God himself filled my vehicle packed with groceries. My God, he gave $50 to mission. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. In your hands today, you have a faith promise form. I would do you a great injustice if I didn't say, fill it out. <laughs> fill it out so this promise becomes yours. Don't fill it out. Well, <laughs> it's your choice. <laughs> Why don't you grab your form? Grab your form. Because we're going to fill it out very shortly. I want you to wave it as a wave offering to the Lord. Okay, it's a wave offering to the Lord. Okay. Now as you're waving it around, people are getting cold beside you. Some are saying, please keep doing it. I want you to start filling it in as I preach. But the thing to do is this, is you ask God, say, Holy Spirit, how much? What are you saying? And allow Him to speak to you. So you give something from your known income and you give something by faith, you total it up, and we're gonna, then you just tear that bottom bit off at the end there and we're going to collect them at the end of the service. And I would... I would really, you know, unashamedly, I encourage every one of you to fill in a form because I want every one of you to get Philippians 4.19. I really do. I really do. So please think about it. Please, as I'm, as I'm talking, let God speak to you. He may just give you a, a number. And, you know, don't just do what you did last year. At least do more than last year. But ask God, say, God, how much do you want me to give you? He may surprise you. I know one lady in our church, a housewife, no, not much extra income, she prayed and said, Lord, what do you want me to give? And she was probably thinking $50, maybe $500. God said $5,000. She went, what? really? She knew it was God, so she wrote down $5,000 in faith, not money she had. And during the course of the year, her testimony is she said, I don't know where it came from, but she said every cent came and I was able to pay the whole thing. Her faith grew by $5,000. Now, I'm not saying you write down $5,000, right? No, no, she, she heard. She heard something from heaven. What are you hearing? 
What are you doing? Let God speak to you this morning. But have a faith margin of what God can pass through your hands. Because as you give today, you position yourself for Philippians 4.19. Abraham gave his son, didn't he not? And God provided the lamb. Hannah gave her only son, and God gave her many more. The widow of Seraphith gave her last meal, and God supplied her need for right throughout the famine for many, many years. She gave her last meal, a bit like the guy with the $50, gave the last, and God supplied. Friends, God cannot fail us. Simon Peter gave his boat, and God provided. The boy, little boy gave his lunch, and boy, did God provide. I wonder how much, I wonder how much they gave that little boy, by the way. Have you ever thought about that? They fed the 5,000. I think there was 12 basketfuls left over. I wonder if they gave that little boy and said, here, you take one basketful, one's yours, because you're the one who gave the lunch. I don't, it doesn't tell you in Scripture, but that would be what I would imagine my God would possibly do, something like that. Okay, so just remember to keep filling fill those forms as I'm talking. I want to give you three qualities of great mission givers, three qualities. The first one is Philippians 4.10. They have a concern for others. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. See, without a love and concern for others, especially those without Christ, it's not going to be easy to give to mission. A care for concern for others. Have you ever gone to a store and there's a fundraising booth up? Have you been there? Yeah. And you see it and they're trying to catch people as they come in or go out, hoping they'll give something. And um, it, when you see a, a table where you don't have any concern for that particular request, what do you do? On the way out, you pretend you never saw it. Is that right? How many of you have done that? I've done that. You because what you do, you shut your heart to it. Because, and that's probably valid because you can't give to everything. But what happens when you have, don't have a concern for others and for lost people, then you're just not going to give to mission. I mean, it's, it's something has to stir in your heart. You have to be caring about your neighbors in your street that don't know Jesus or people in our city that don't know Jesus, or people in India who don't know Jesus, or, or in, in Switzerland who don't know Jesus. You've got to have a concern for that before you're going to give towards that kind of thing. You see, the, the Bible is brutally honest. Because in verse 15 of Philippians 4, it said, No church shared, which shared with me concerning giving and receiving you only. You know how honest the Bible is? It actually makes, lets the whole world know the Philippians were the only ones. And it's recorded for eternal scripture for people to take note of. That's pretty brutally honest, isn't it? And you know, it's always been true that there are churches that just don't give to mission. And there are Christians who just don't give to mission. And yet this is the heart of God. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's you know, almost impossible to think that we wouldn't do that. You know, it's possible for our concern and, and for the needs of others to be lost. We can lose that concern. And I think every so often, God wants to renew our heart. Is that right? For, for, for other people and for those who don't know him. He wants to do a renewal. And I think a great place to start renewal is by filling in one of these forms. You know, by giving to mission. Because your heart will follow your treasure. See, if I was to ask you, how many of you would love to have a great heart for lost people in mission? I think every hand would go up. Well, the thing is, you can have it. Do you know why? Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So when you give to mission, your heart goes to mission. When you give to lost people, your heart goes towards lost people. That's kind of a very simple way to do it. It's very easy to get a passionate heart for mission. That's how I've got it. I've just given over the years more and more, as much as I can, and then God has blessed us. And, um, you know, one of the wisest, most uh, fruitful, effective things you do, can do is to give to missions. And what more you can do it today, you can do it this morning. 
Don't forget, start filling in that form. We're going to collect them in about 10 minutes, all right? Okay. So there's an Italian man, comes to the United States in the 20s, as a young teenager. He's got nothing but the clothes on his back. That's all he's got. Nothing else. So this Christian couple take him in, love him, and he gets saved. He's so thankful to that, for God to, for that, that he says, Lord, if you give me an idea for business, I'll be faithful to give a portion of everything I make back to your work. That very morning, the idea of fresh squeezed orange juice popped into his head. Fresh squeezed orange juice. And the rest is history, because Anthony Rossi founded the Tropicana Co., and has been faithful to give God not only 10% of his income, as many faithful believers do, but 50% of his income. And he's done that for the last 60 years. When I read that, 50%. Imagine his rewards in heaven. You know, some of you here, some of us can give way beyond 10% on a regular basis. But here's the promise I'll make to you, and I think I said it last Sunday night. There is not one person in this room... When you get to heaven, because you gave to mission, you're going to say, oh, no, I wish I hadn't given that money. What a dumb thing I did that day. I shouldn't have listened to that pastor talk. There's not one person that's going to say that, friends. I'm promising you that. But there'll be a lot of people who are going to say, I should have listened to pastor talk. I should have given a whole lot more to mission and faith plans because you're going to see all these people in these massive mansions because that's the way it works because they gave to the work of God and they're going to be so blessed with crowns and rewards, you're going to think, I should have given more to mission. You might think I'm just trying to get money out of you. No, friends, I'm not, because none of this comes to me. This all goes to reaching a lost world. I'm just trying to encourage you, so when you stand before God, you will have no regrets that you gave joyfully, willingly, and abundantly to the work of God. It's very quiet in here this morning, but I'm just going to keep going anyway. All right? Number two, great mission givers are not... Overfocused on their own needs. Well, we all have needs, don't we? We want to buy something, a holiday to take, a mortgage to pay, clothes to buy, the list is endless. You will always have needs. I will as well. But we can't wait till we have no needs before we become generous in giving to mission. A Christian who has no needs, is con- the, how we define them, is absent from the body and present with the Lord. That's a Christian who has no need, all right? And a key to God meeting all your needs, blessing your finances, giving to mission. You know, over the years, when Adrian... And I, when we came back to the mission bill, we could not afford $5 for McDonald's. It was truth. We couldn't afford to get our car repaired. I always had to bludge off a Christian friend of mine and beg him to help me get the car sorted out. We just did not have the money for years. So I know what it's like to be in lack, great lack, no extra dollars. But still we gave faithfully to the Lord. And as I look back today, God has blessed us, pressed down, shaken together, running over because my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches in glory. Friends, I'm not talking from a position of a person that's always had plenty to come and go by. I know what it's like. I remember Adrian once got an offering for speaking somewhere. I think she got $5 back in those days. I said, honey, thank you. We need the money. And she gave it to me so we could, you know, meet our expenses back in those days. It was, it was tight. It was really tight. But God is good. <clears throat> Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's a wonderful virtue to have. Most of us are very, very wealthy. Some of us think, well, look, if I had more money, I'd give more. Look, if you woke up this morning, you're ahead of one million people who didn't survive the week. If you can sit down, read the paper, drink coffee, you're better off than maybe a billion people currently experiencing hunger. 
a billion people. Not enough food to develop normally. If you have clothes on your head, <laughs> on your head, if you have food and clothes and a roof over your head, do you know what? How many of you have clothes? Good. How many of you have a roof over your head? Yeah, how many of you will go home and have lunch? Okay, listen to this. You're among the 25% wealthiest people in the world. Tell the person next to you, you are so rich. <laughs> Isn't that amazing, eh? Isn't that amazing? And if you, have, if you can go out and buy some stuff this afternoon, or you have money in the bank, you are among the 8% richest in the world. 8%, you're right. Wow. I am one of the wealthiest. Your pastor is one of the wealthiest people in the world. Hey, I'll be on the Forbes list very soon. In fact, I guarantee when heaven looks down, I've probably got a good chance of being on the Forbes list because you give, you got, I've got a, an account in heaven, you see, and it's growing all the I say, Man, it's, oh, wow, it's, it's getting big. It's really, oh, man, I'd, I'd love to know what my balance is up to there because uh, I reckon it's getting up there because the interest rates in heaven are astronomical. You know, down here you get what? What do they give you now? 4% less tax? You get about 2%. Up there it's probably 1,000%. So we are going to give you money? Put it in a bank for 2%? We'll give it to God for probably 10,000%. You need to go home and do the arithmetic on that before you decide. Okay, I understand that. Hey, fill it in. <laughs> fill it in. <laughs> fill it in. Because number three is you'll have credit with the Lord. The NIV says in Philippians 4, now I'm looking. Are you guys all right? Look, this is just my passion. I don't take offense, all right? I'm just trying to make you rich. Is anything wrong with trying to make you rich? No, I don't think there is, all right? Not that I have been looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may credit to your account. I received a full payment and even more and amply supplied. Then it goes on to say, um, now that I've received from Aphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable offering, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. So it says there, I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. <laughs> That's what I've been talking about. You have an account in heaven. God's going to credit it. So when you get to heaven, you see the money you have in the bank down here, guess what? You just have it for about... A few years, then it's gone. Then you leave it actually behind for your kids and grandkids. All right. And it's cool. You can't take it with you. So the money you keep, invest down here, you just get it for a, a moment. The money you give to God, it goes to another bank account. And it's yours forever. Forever. That ever, you know, so that $100 you got, do you want it just for 10, 20 years, or do you want it for a billion years? It's as simple as that, friends, and that's the way it works. And this, is, this really is biblical teaching. All right. So we'd all love to have a huge credit balance, wouldn't we, with our favorite store? Wouldn't you love a huge credit balance? Say with Pasco's the Jewelers. I know Jody would like that one. Or maybe with Barker's for men's fashion. You know, Wouldn't you love credit there, like 100,000 credit or something? Go and buy whatever you want. Um, or maybe ladies might like glassons. Some of you may go for warehouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> BMW, imagine having a huge credit account with BMW or Porsche or even Ford. Hey, wouldn't that be good? If you don't give to Mission, you'll end up with Holden. <laughs> 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 
I just had to get that one in. Every one of us has an account. You can increase your credit today, giving to mission. You will not regret it. Young people, I want to encourage all of you to fill in a form. You know, same young people, kids think, oh, no, this is just for the adults. Well, I want to encourage you. In April 1901, John Mott wrote an article called The Responsibility of Young People for the Evangelization of the World. He writes this. To have knowledge of Christ is to incur tremendous responsibility to those that have it not. You and I have received this great heritage to pass on to others. This is the young people. Let us rise and resolve at whatever cost, at whatever cost of self-denial, that live or die, we shall live or die for the evangelization of our world in our day. Every young person, please, in this place, fill in a form. Parents, you've got kids, get them to fill in a form. You might say, oh, Pastor, come on, that's pushing it a bit, isn't it? No, no, it's not. Kids probably have more faith than we have, quite frankly. There's a 10-year-old girl, I've told you about this, 10 years old, children's church. She puts down $10,000 for a faith promise. If you're a children's church teacher, please have faith for the kids. Don't deny them the opportunity to go on the greatest adventure on the planet, all right? Don't, don't deny them. Give them a chance. So she writes out $10,000. Children's church pastor says, hey, look, too many zeros. Cross off three. Make it $10. She said, no. So he talks to the parents and says, come on, parents, this kid's crazy. $10,000, no way. Cross off some north. The kids talk to the kid. The kid says, no way. God has told me $10,000. I know it's going to come in. It's a faith promise. So they let her put her in. She put in the faith promise. Six months later, she receives a letter from a distant relative that they didn't even know about. And that man, that distant relative, left in his will a check for this 10-year-old girl for $10,000. She races to church, tells the children's church pastor, tells the, past, tells the, the pastor of the church, said, I told you so. <laughs> God had spoken to me what to give. Can someone go out and get all the 10-year-olds in this place right now and let's pray over them because they've probably got more faith than a lot of us. I mean, how many of us are going to put down $10,000? But there you are. Isn't it interesting? You know, we minimize people's faith, eh? We always think, oh, well, you're only five years old. You can't have faith. You can't really. Yes, they can. Don't deny. And no matter how old you are or young you are, we can all do it. Okay, so grab your form. We're going to collect them. Wave it around. Grab it out. You've got a pen. I hope you go, if you haven't got a pen, grab the one for the person next to you. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. Let each one do just as he has proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Everyone say cheerful giver. All right, so everyone start to smile now. All right, start to smile. Cheerful giver. And Luke 6 38. Given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So the first part is out of your known income. That's the first bit there. Okay, your name is optional. You don't have to tell us your name. Or if you want to put down, what, you might say, oh, look, I only want to put down $50. And I don't want anyone to know. Well, you, no one has to know. All right? But I say put down something. Even if it's $10, put it down. Just, be, just have the joy of handing in a form this morning. So, you know, out of your known income, what can you do? What sacrifice can you make? Skip a meal a week? Or a coffee from the... Coffee bar, that's probably $5 times 52. That's $260. Skip a meal, skip a cafe. Skip McDonald's once a month. You can probably put down $500. That weekend away you were going to have, skip it. $300, petrol, whatever. It's easy, friends. What about selling something you no longer need on Trade Me? Put on Trade Me. 
What about having a garage sale? For all that junk that you've got. (laughs) Have a garage sale. You might raise $100, $500. You might raise $1,000. Out of your known income. Or maybe you already earn enough and you've got a bit of surplus. Write that down. That's what I'll do. I've I've got a surplus out of my known income. So I can write that down. So whatever. Have you thought of something? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, right now, just begin to speak to your people. Come upon us, Holy Ghost. Lord, this is your heart. This is the greatest cause on the planet. Lord, this is not to look after church on the, inside the four walls, but Lord, this is to look after your world outside the four walls. Those who don't know you, the reason you came to earth. So Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning as we fill in these forms. And Lord, just awaken desire to give to mission. We pray in Jesus' name. Then the second part is, what can you believe for by faith? I talked about that housewife. God said $5,000. So this is not money you have, okay? You might say, I've got no extra money. Yeah, that's fine. But what can you believe for? You might say, well, I can believe for $500. You might find in a few weeks' time you get a promotion at work. You get a salary increase. You might get a bonus. Something comes your way. Maybe there's an unexpected rebate from the Inland Revenue Department. Maybe someone gives you a gift. It can come in any way, shape, or form. What can you believe for in faith? What's your faith level like? God, God, I can believe for you to give me unexpectedly $100 over the next 12 months. This is over 12 months, by the way. This is not just tomorrow. Over 12 months. What can you believe for? Okay, so fill them in right now. Just tear off the bottom part and... uh, we're going to call our ushers. If the ushers could come right up to the front here, because what we're going to get you to do is just tear them off and just send them to the sides, all right? So we'll give you a minute or so to do that. Move them to the sides, and then the ushers. Just give them a, a minute or so, uh, ushers. That would be fantastic. And then once they've come to the sides there, we're going to start to collect them. And please do fill one in. Encourage everyone to do one of those. You don't have to give us your name, but hey, if you do give us your name, we know it's more authentic, especially if you put down $50,000. Then it's probably good for us to have your name, so we know it's for real. All right. Up in the balcony, collect those as well. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we've got our ushers up there. Well, it won't be long before this service, the balcony is full as God just continues to pour his people in to church unlimited. If you never come to 11 o'clock service, 11 o'clock is huge, right? It's a huge service, so, and 6 o'clock is usually pretty big as well. So if you ever come to all four, uh, you really get to know what God is doing in Church Unlimited. Hey, look, I'm going to have to, if we just, anyone still got a form that's to be collected and they've missed you, just raise your hand. Uh, anyone still, we don't, we don't want to miss one form, obviously, this morning. All right, Are all the forms being collected, there's form down here. Okay, there's a few forms down here, folks. So up more ushers. Just raise your hand if you've still got a form that needs to be collected. So raise your hand nice and high. Don't be shy. Anyone else over here? There's about three, four over here. Anyone else anywhere? Upstairs, anyone else? Form. It's great. Fantastic. Awesome. Why don't we declare Philippians 4, 19 together. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. Aren't you pleased that you now know how that promise operates? Because you know, there's a lot of people who have said over the years, that, prom- it just, that, that verse doesn't work. It just doesn't work. 
I think now we know, not every time, but now we know why in some cases it doesn't work. It's based on mission giving. Hey, I'm going to head off to the city right now. If the musicians, singers would like to come. And, um, but if you can join us tonight, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. Look, it's not often we have a great announcement to make, which is not just appointing someone here as a pastor, but something that's outside of our, our church, a real expansion, real enlargement moving forward. And you, you'll be quite surprised at what we share with you uh, tonight. Don't forget to um, sign up for the ladies' event. And uh, hey, look forward to seeing you this evening. And we are going to stand together and we're going to sing some parts of Commission My Soul, whatever you feel you want to do. All right. Hey, thank you, everybody, for coming. You're awesome. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again tonight. It's going to go over the top in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.